You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Today we're talking about efficiency, routine, organization. I have on an amazing guest who is so knowledgeable on the topic of creating a daily routine and organizing your life. You might think, what the heck does this have to do with dating? Well, of course, this has everything to do with dating. First of all, you should be in some sort of daily routine where you are adding in different habits that are going to help you with dating. So there's going to be things like getting your place in order. There's going to be things like making sure that you have enough energy from getting enough sleep to hygiene to making sure that you're spending the right amount of time doing online dating and making it habitual so you get results. There's so much here and so much for you to be able to learn from Heather. She goes through and she discusses her daily routine. And what's interesting is her daily routine is so spot on and so helpful in terms of living a productive and fulfilling life. I mean, you'll see this. It's really spot on. And I've heard of a lot of the different techniques and things that she's talking about here today in terms of how to build a really good routine for yourself, but she has it just lined up perfectly. So I feel like you're going to learn a lot from just her talking about her routine, which will be helpful for you. We do talk about online dating a little bit and getting that into a routine and making sure that you are fully organized and the benefits of having time back from being more efficient with your time. It's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you more attractive in general and just well-rounded as a human. So even though this is not direct advice to how to meet women, this is going to be something that is going to help you become more irresistible in your life. I like to talk about some surrounding or adjacent topics that help you become more irresistible and more attractive because it's going to seep into your dating life. So don't just think that it's all about the lines to say and and how to flirt. It goes deeper than that. It goes wider than that. So I want to help you with this. I actually put together a program a few years ago that I still add to. It's called the Irresistible Academy, where we talk about these kind of adjacent topics like productivity and networking. We talk about how to build yourself a great bachelor pad. We talk about different conversation topics and how to be a better conversationalist in general. We talk about health. We talk about fashion. All these different topics that help you become a more well-rounded and attractive and irresistible human being. If you want, you can check it out. It is available to you. It's a monthly program. It's called the Irresistible Academy. If you go to irresistibleacademy.com, then you are going to see exactly what this program is all about, where every month you get a new topic and new information on all these different ways to be more irresistible. Like I said, we talk about productivity, networking, style, health, everything. Everything is covered and there's a lot of good information in there and stuff that's very practical to use. Especially every single one of these modules every month, I give a new video on different friction points. Friction points are different parts of your personality that actually give you more friction and hurt you in terms of meeting more women. So different personality traits that you might be doing that's landing you in the friend zone, that's making you more unattractive to women. So every month you get one of those. There's just a lot of good stuff in there. So check it out, irresistibleacademy.com. That is going to be in the show notes if you want to 
hop in and start getting the knowledge so you can become a more powerful and irresistible guy. Why don't we start here at the least with Heather, where we talk about daily routines and time efficiency. Let's hop in. Heather Hamilton, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on the podcast. You are my very first organizer. I've never I never interviewed an organizer before. And I saw you on Clubhouse and I think I checked out your profile and I thought, wow, that's cool. Let's see if she'll come on the podcast. Here we are. And here I am. And I didn't hesitate. I was like, let's do it. You did not hesitate, even though this is your very first podcast. I am breaking your podcast cherry right now. This you is the are. first time ever. This, I'm going to mark this on the calendar. This is the, the big day. <laughs> Unbelievable. March 15th, 2021. Well, you should do more podcasts. I think it would be great for your business, which uh, I know about, but the guys listening don't know about. So why don't you tell the guys what you do, and then we'll talk about how you got into it. So tell us, what is it that you do? How do you help people? Okay. So I am a minimalism and organization coach. So I work with clients one-on-one to help them simplify and organize their lives. It's an eight-week program where we have weekly calls and we basically start with time management because the time management is key to everything else and it's the foundation. So we start there and then we kind of go in whatever direction the client wants to take it. So I'm very passionate about this because I truly believe that we have these gifts that we share with the world. And when you're not organized, you're wasting your resources. You're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your energy. So once you have the organizational foundation in place, you're truly freed up to pursue whatever you want to achieve in those goals in life. Where do you think that guys are unorganized? Like, Where do you find guys the most unorganized in their life? I'm actually curious where you think it is. And then if that lines up with what they say to you, because I'm sure guys come to you and say, okay, this is what this is what I need help with. And then maybe there's something where you're like, well, you need help with that, but you also need help with this, this, and this. What yeah. are those things? Everyone comes to me for their space, but it truly ends up being more about their time. So I think because space is visual, they can see I need help with my clothes or my just general home organization. And then as we're talking, we start to realize it has more to do with their schedule and their time. So kind of like you said, they think they need spatial organization. And then it turns out to be more of a calendar scheduling, a way to take notes and keep up on things. So it really is probably a little bit of both. So they're coming to you and they say, my home is unorganized Mm -hmm. or my office is unorganized. Please help me. And then you say, okay, we'll do that. But then you start telling them, all right, but there's other things that we really need to be working on. It's more than just your surroundings. Yes, because it's always like, okay, there's a mess here, there's a mess there. And then they kind of describe it and they're like, well, I have post-its here. And I'm like, well, what are those post-its for? Well, that's how I keep track of things. And then I'm like, well, do you have a calendar? Do you have a schedule? So that's really what it is. It's like, they don't realize that all of this physical clutter also equates to the fact that they don't have a time management system in place. And I have a daily routine. They are wasting time, just not deciding what they want to do or what they don't want to do. So that's something that they need to learn how to plan. I think a lot of people are afraid to plan because they think it's going to interrupt their spontaneity. 
But truly, when you plan, you have more time to be spontaneous because you've gotten all of your important things done. And once those things are taken care of, then you truly have more free time that is guilt-free that you can pursue things that you want to do. That's so funny. I didn't realize, of course, I'm like everyone else. I really, I had that, I still have that same thing where sometimes it's hard for me to be in a routine. Yes. Because there's something in the back of my head that says, well, what if, (laughs) which never happens, right? But like, what if I want to do this spontaneous thing? Or what if I want to, instead of do whatever I need to do that day, change my mind, do something else, whatever it may be. So people, other people say that too. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because I tell people you are resistant to having a routine, but you actually already have one, but it's just filled with bad habits. So you are doing the same things every single day. You're waking up, you're checking your social media. You're sitting there for an hour trying to decide, you know, clean up, where's this paper? I need to clean up this. So you already have a routine. It's just not a good one. So ironically, you're already doing something. And, And like you said, most of the time, you're not that spontaneous as you think. <laughs> you think you're right. all like, let's just fly by the seat of our pants. We are such creatures of habit. And I tell people, like, if you really truly don't want to do your routine that day, throw it out the window. Who cares? Like, things come up in life, but most of the time, 80% of the time, you have that framework in place, you will follow it. And so the daily routine is filled with good habits. And everybody knows everything you do on a daily basis compounds. So we make sure that everything's important to you is in this daily routine. So you almost don't have to work on creating habits. It becomes natural as you follow it every single day. So all of these good things that are in your daily routine are going to compound, like you know, eating well or prepping your food, exercising, focusing, doing a power hour, which is something that I teach people a lot to increase their productivity. So all of these things are in your daily routine. And you don't even have to think about it. It becomes a natural habit of good things rather than a daily routine of bad things. What do you do in your life that you would consider good habits? Oh, gosh. Well, do you want me to tell you my, my daily routine? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's go okay, from the so let me pull it up. up. I'm actually going to like pull it up and walk okay, you through. Okay. Type A. Here we are. My daily... Oh, I'm type A all the way. Well, I think you have to to be able to uh, teach what you teach. Or coach what you coach, I should say. Okay. So the first thing I wait, you haven't memorized it? Well, I'm gonna I do have (laughs) it and do it. Okay, come on. (laughs) I do it naturally, but I want to get it right for you guys. So I'm gonna walk you through it. Okay. So of course you wake up, you brush your teeth. That's the first thing you do, right? That's a little hold on. Let's go literal. Like you literally wake up, you don't look at your phone. You go right to the bathroom. And before you even go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth. That's the very first thing you do. Exactly. Yep. Okay. I believe you. you. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, I do tongue scraping. It's an Ayurvedic practice. I don't know if you've heard of it, but... I have heard of tongue scraping, but I didn't know it was an Ayurvedic practice. Yeah. So I will actually... So if we're going to be literal, I do tongue scraping and then I brush my teeth. Um, What makes it Ayurvedic? I don't even actually know what that word means. I just know the word. It's an... It's an ancient, I believe, Indian, like 6,000 years old. Indian, I'm going to get this wrong. It's from India. And it's okay. one of the oldest like health practices that exists. So it's like the opposite of Western medicine. So it has to do with your dosha. There's three doshas, pitta, vata, and what's the other one? Kapha. So okay. according to your dosha, that's what you're supposed to eat. You're supposed to... Each dosha has their, their things that actually help them thrive and it's, it's really cool. I think you should look into it. Okay. Tongue scraping. And it's good for yeah. your hygiene. 
good for your hygiene. I thought that was the I thought that was the main reason why people did it. Yeah, <laughs> is what for, hygi- for your hygiene. Yeah, it's for hygiene, but yeah, it's it's definitely because it gets rid of all the bacteria. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Teeth. Yep. <laughs> we're right. gonna go. So we're, so we're so we're tongue scraping and we're brushing yes. our teeth. Continue. Okay, and then I wash my face and grab some water because you're dehydrated from not sleeping all night. So then I have water sitting in the bathroom by the bed. Then I do a little stretching, which is truly like five yoga poses. And while I do that, I do breath work. So I just do a stretch and I hold my breath and I do, you know, a cycle of breath work. And then I do my gratitude, pick one thing that I'm going to focus on the entire day. So it can be something huge. It can be something small, but let's see today. You want to know what today's gratitude was the garbage man. Today's garbage day. I was so excited because it's kind of amazing how you just throw all your crap in the garbage can and then it just disappears. They just come pick it up and take it away. So that was my gratitude. Isn't it? I know it is amazing. And I think that's a great thing to be grateful for because those are that's one of those small things where you don't realize, wow, I'm glad that this happens. I don't have to live in trash. And this is something that occurs. Exactly. That's great. This is some textbook uh, morning routine here. This is like really good. Yeah. So we're going. Here we go. Okay. Keep going. Uh, then I do a meditation, just a quick 20-minute meditation in the morning. After Guided that, or just or just breathing? And depends no on the day. Depends on the day. So I have a meditation coach who taught me a particular practice. So I'll do his most days, but I really go with my energy. If I'm feeling like my head is all over the place, sometimes I do need to do something guided because it kind of just makes me focus a little bit better. So I'll do either. just depends on how I'm feeling that day. So I'll do that. And then I grab my coffee and I have my first power hour. So a power hour is basically an uninterrupted 60 minute block of time. And this is going to be my most productive hour of the entire day where I put the highest ROI thing that I need to do that day. So for example, right now I'm working on my program and that is going to be the highest ROI for me. So the key is it's not the most urgent. So there's a bunch of urgent things that need to be done, but they're not the highest return on investment for my time. So because I'm a morning person, I have the best brain energy in that time. So I grab my coffee, I set the timer for 60 minutes, and I focus. 60 minutes, it's amazing what you can get done when you are not distracted in the so house. Much. It's, so much. It's awesome. Do you have a kitchen safe? A kitchen safe? What's yeah, do you, ha- do you have one? I have. Is that the little thing where you put your phone in and lock it? Yes. I didn't know it was called the kitchen safe, but I have one. The case safe, yes. Oh, okay. I've heard of the kitchen safe. I guess we're talking about the same thing. Okay. So do you use that for the power hour? I don't because I'm so good at putting my phone in a drawer. I hate having it locked up because if it rings and I do need to get it (laughs) for some reason, I just like the fact that I could be able to get it. Now, I usually don't answer it, but if there's an emergency... So I'm I'm disciplined enough that I just put it in a drawer. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So power hour. What's next? Okay. So I have that. So then I feel good because I've got the most important thing done. So I can totally relax the rest of the day because... Do, do you push this routine on other people too? Do you like? Do you recommend this routine? I recommend. When you say push, no, absolutely not. I let people decide what works for them. Some people are not morning people. So we create a completely different routine for them where it's night heavy. This is something that I do because I'm a morning person. So I have all that energy and uh, it just depends on the person. But I totally suggest... Based on once I get to know them, I can help recommend a routine for them. So this is okay. just what works for me. And okay. you know, if they like it, they can follow it. But it really is truly individual so that it works okay. for the person. Because I don't try to get anyone to change their habits. I try to create a routine that fits the habits in 
with the energy cycles that work for Got them. That way, it. they're more likely to succeed. Okay. So okay, cool. All right. After that, so we've got the coffee, the power hour, then I do exercise. I do like, you know, either go to Orange Theory, if you've heard of that, or mm-hmm. I do something mm-hmm. walking, whatever it may be that day. And then I actually have an infrared sauna and I do a quick sauna session after wow. my exercise. Baller. I love it. I love the sauna. And then I shower and I get dressed and, you know, start into my work day. So basically, that would be a series of power hours. So my workday is four, a series of four power hours, which okay. are difficult. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, and then what, what after that? Okay, so that's my workday. And then after that, I have a transition planning session because it's really hard to transition from work to home. So I have a little moment where I plan my day for the next day. I have like this template that I use so that I can close down my day. I check all my emails. I respond to all my texts. I schedule my meetings for the next day. I confirm everything so that my mind can just relax so that I can truly just be like, okay, everything's set for tomorrow. I know what I'm doing, taking care of that. And then I can actually relax and enjoy my evening. One of the biggest tips I've ever heard from other people who are really into productivity is planning what you have to do the next day, the day before. Yes. Which that's it sounds like that's what your transition yep. part of your day is. Yes. And I would take it a step further because I actually do that every single day. And then on Friday, I have a weekly planning session for the following week. So on Friday afternoon to close down my week, I do a similar thing, but it's for the entire following week. And that is where I truly look at all the appointments, decide, do I want to continue to keep these? Can I cancel anything? Do I need to move anything around? Confirm. And so it's made basically like the closing down of the week, just like this is the closing down of the day. So I do both, a daily and a weekly one. Okay. So before we get into the next part, my question is, is are at what percentage are you able to keep this up? Like, are you batting 100% on this? No, no, never. Okay. I don't what, think perfection... What are you batting? I'm batting 80%. 80%. Where do you... Where is the 20%... Fumble, life, yeah, life. Okay, well, like, where, like, where is it? Like, oh, once in a while, you miss a meditation session in the morning, or you just forget to scrape your tongue, or <laughs> or you just don't do the transition part of the day. Like, where, where does the fumbling happen? For me, like I said, I'm a morning person, so my fumbling is usually in the evening. So I have an evening routine as well, and that's where I tend to fumble sometimes. Okay, so we, so up until transition period. We're batting about ninety-eight percent. Yeah, because okay, I love it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Of course, right? If you, yeah, you love it. So you, you love it. You're gonna for sure yeah. be able to keep up with it. Yeah. Okay. So now we go into after transition. Yeah. So of course, there's the evening. So that is this is not like planned out every hour of my day. So there's kind of the evening. So then my evening routine at the end of the day is that I clean the kitchen. So for me. Some people like to make their bed. I think making bed is a waste of time. And I know people love Oh, interesting. Oh, oh yeah. We can, we can argue about that one. What, let's, what, let's talk. So you never make your bed? Never. In fact, I Googled an article that said, if you make your bed, it's a higher percentage of, of bed bugs and dust mites because it's not allowed to breathe. And so I took that article and I was like, there's my permission to never make my bed. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm a contradiction. <laughs> that is so interesting. So the reason why I like to... I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I feel better when I do. For me, my bedroom is next to... I don't live in a house right now. So okay. it's next to everything, right? Okay. So I'm in a condo. So I will walk by and in and out of my bedroom quite a bit because that's okay. one of the main rooms. Mm-hmm. And if I see my bed made, it makes me feel better. Like it makes things look and feel cleaner. It gives more of that feng shui. In that case, I would make my bed. I agree with you. Oh, so in, okay. But you must live in a house. I live in a home. Yeah. A home. You don't see your, you don't see your, your bedroom too much. Nope. Nope. Okay. So for me, it's truly wasting time. I'm Isn't like, it nice to get into a made bed though? feels good. Okay, I fluff the sheets. <laughs> I fluff them. <laughs> but to me, if I put my 20 decorative pillows on the bed and then took 20 decorative pillows off, like I, it's such a waste of time. I like, am truly a return on investment for my time. To me, that's not a good return on investment. I can solve time. your problem right now. Don't have 20 decorative pillows. What's They're the point? Pretty. You don't make your bed any... But you don't make your bed, so who cares? Three times a year I do. Maybe when people are coming over. <laughs> Okay, gotta have those pillows for this. Gotta times. have the pillows. Yeah. Okay, we're 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 lost. Let's. Where are we? So you don't make your bed. Um, okay, so I said clean the kitchen. That's where clean we, the yeah, kitchen. So. Okay, continue. So for me, there's nothing better than waking up in the morning to a clean kitchen. The dishes are all done. My coffee cup is set out. It's just for me. It gives me a lot of joy to come into a clean environment. So you know, you don't want to like go into a restaurant at the end of the night. You know, they left all the dishes there and they left everything out. It's almost like the closing down. So it's it's just not appealing. So for me, I treat my kitchen like a restaurant kitchen. I clean off all the surfaces. I sweep the floor. I put all the dishes away. And when I wake up in the morning, I just love walking in there to a clean kitchen. So yeah. that's part of my evening routine. And then I try to, and this is where I fumble, I try to decharge every night, which is just, are you familiar with decharging with water hydrotherapy? No, I don't know what the, I think, no, I don't know okay. what this is. So essentially, like, you know, my meditation coach taught me this, and this is about really drain or getting rid of all the negative energy from the day is decharging. So if you submerge yourself in any type of water, or you can look into a flame, a candle, fire, water, trying to think what else, but my method that I prefer is water. So I'll either take a quick shower or I will do like an Epsom salt bath, or I will maybe get in the Is this your first shower of the day? Nope. This is just a quick five minute. This is my Where was the first shower? The first one was, if you'll recall, after the sauna. Oh, I think I missed that. I I showered. You worked out, you saunaed, and then then you showered. Okay. Missed that. So now you're in your decharging second shower. Could be an Epsom salt bath. Right. That is where I fumble. So I will admit, I don't do that every day. Probably not the worst. If I had to pick one thing out of your entire routine, that'd be one of those... It could be worse to miss. Yeah, optional. You know, it's just a nice thing to do, but it's not. It's not mandatory. And then the very last thing is, I like to when I get in bed read fiction because I find that it's like really good for your creativity. It winds me down, and it has to be on a book. I cannot get a Kindle or an iPad. The blue yeah. light doesn't work for me, so yep. I just read a good old fashioned book and then go to bed. I'm still on book two. I I tried to go to the Kindle, but I don't know what it is about holding the book. Although I will admit I'm reading a book right now that's 600 pages. I hate holding it. Yeah. I just do. I hate holding it, but I don't want to go to a Kindle. Not yet, at least. Prop it on the pillow. Prop it. I, I try. It's like 
thick book, but also short. So anyways, okay. So, and then you read fiction, not nonfiction, probably because the nonfiction keeps you, it's like, because you're learning something. So it's like, right. You're taking notes and writing and learning at night. It's like more of like a story. It's almost like watching a movie. Like you watch a story before bed. Right. And I do the nonfiction in the sauna because it's a 30 minute session. So that's where I do my nonfiction in there. Okay. What books are you reading right now? Which ones? Oh my gosh. What am I reading right now? So I'm reading The Essentialist. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like the minimalist Bible. I just finished that today. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And what's the fiction piece? The fiction one is, oh, I'm so trying to get into it. I just started. It's like some, one of those like chick lit like Nora Jones, or I don't even know the author. It's like the Nicholas Sparks. I'm having a hard time getting into it. So I would not recommend. Yeah. Okay. Not for the guys. All right. So this routine has gotten you to the point where you're able to do more and you feel... Basically, I want you to sell this to guys right now. Sell why people should be into a routine. I like I like yours. Yours sounds pretty familiar to the types of routines that I've studied after reading blog articles and and, and all that, which makes me feel like you're doing it right here. Obviously, yeah. you are because it's right for you. Anyway, sell this to the guys. Like, why should they get into this routine? What is the what are the benefits here? What is this doing for you? So here's the main thing with the routine is that I spend zero time trying to figure out what to do during the day, which saves an immense amount of time. And I already know that my most important thing is going to be taken care of. And if you notice in that routine, all of it's good habits. Like there's nothing in there that I don't want to compound. And the compound effect is real. Just like financially interest compounds, your little routines that you do every single day are so critical to your success because every single thing you're doing. So like I tell people, you know, say you change nothing else in your life and you eat one cookie every single day for an entire year. When you get on the scale in five days, you're not going to notice a difference in your weight. You get on the scale a year from now, you're going to gain 10 pounds, right? So everything you're doing is compounding, whether it's good or whether it's bad. So this daily routine is essentially helping your brain because your brain likes to conserve energy. So whatever you do repeatedly is going to become a habit. So you have to be so careful what you do repeatedly because these habits are going to create these neural pathways in your brain. So when you do something repeatedly like this daily routine, it becomes so natural then your brain naturally goes to meditate because it wants to conserve energy. So it's crazy that it becomes just as easy to have good habits as it does to drink or get on social media or waste time talking to somebody, you know, who doesn't uplift you. Like there's so many things where we can get sidetracked in life. When you have a routine, it is like having a personal coach next to you all day long. So I cannot recommend it enough. And it's so cool because it works with you in the stage of your life. So you can always change this routine. So this routine looks different today than it did two years ago for me, because I just continually evolve add things, try things out, subtract things. So it's the coolest thing because it really is a work in progress and it's always evolving, always changing, but it's really just like having a coach every single day. Right. And the coach is that, it's like that, it's that piece of paper that's like telling you, this is what you're doing. Well, here's the thing. The brain likes to check off things. Our primitive brain 
So I check, I have it as checks boxes. So it's really fun to check things off. And we planned it with the prefrontal cortex, right? It's the, it's, it's from our planning side, but then the primitive brain loves to check the little boxes and see, okay, I completed this, completed that. So it kind of serves both sides of our brain. I think I heard, I'm sure you read the book, Atomic Habits. Oh, you know what? That's on my list. Can you believe I haven't read that? You're going to read it. You'll know most of it. You'll be reading and you'll be like, okay, I know it'll be probably a refresher for you based on everything you're saying. Okay. Um, But it is like this bestseller. It's huge. Anyway, in that that book, it says... It's by James Clear for anyone who's listening who wants to uh, get that book. So in that book, it says something about lists where every time you cross something off of a list or check a box, mm-hmm. I think a little bit of dopamine gets yes. hit in your brain, Absolutely. like what yeah. you're saying. So it feels good to do it, which then what happens when dopamine hits makes you want to do that thing again. Although in this case, it's more of a positive thing than something else. So you cross that thing off and then it makes you want to do more and more and more, which makes you more and more productive. Exactly. So, yeah, that's huge. Do you ever feel though that when you're in the routine... Like how long have you been, have you been doing this routine for? Oh, five years maybe. So does it ever get kind of boring to cross it off the list? Oh no, because or it's like, kind of like said, a mental checklist. Yeah, no, it's evolved. So when I say five years, I've had a daily routine in place, but I continually change it all the time. So mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll try to put in an evening meditation, and then I was like, "Who am I kidding? This is not happening." So then I take it off. So it's really a trial and error. You're not trapped to anything. If something doesn't work for you, get rid of it or change it. So it's never boring. It's actually everything in there gets me excited. So that's why it's in there. Cool. Very cool. So what's um, share with us a nighttime routine that people, that your clients have? Um, as far as not, my, not mine, but you're saying... Not yours, like another one. Like, well, how, do, how does that change? Like what other nighttime routine? Because I've, yeah. I've heard of these morning routines and similar to yeah. the one that you said, not exactly, but, but similar... But what are right. some of the night different types of nighttime routines that people do? So if they're a night person, is that what you're asking? As far as right, like, yes, yes. Yeah. So it would kind of be flip-flop. So essentially you would take your highest ROI and you would put it when you have the highest brain power. So a lot of people who are night people and they, you know, put their kids to bed and then they're up and the house is quiet, that's when they do their most important thing for that day. So it to me, again, I they probably can't relate to me because to me, that sounds awful to be up at night doing, staying up late. Like, uh, I, I go to bed as early as possible. So it's How really... Early? What, time, what time are you sleeping? Bye. Oh my goodness. If I can be in bed by 10, I'm in bed by 10. What time do you wake up? Five. Five? Yeah. Or wow. maybe actually today, four. So I love four. the morning. See, and I- you people... You 4 a.m., 5 a.m. people. I feel hungover every day and I didn't even drink the night before. Really? Yeah, my body just like, I'm just not... Here's what's weird about me though. I am not a morning person, but I love the morning. Okay. How does that work? Okay. Well, I enjoy the aspect of going to bed early and waking up early. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that, but I still have about 30 to 45 minutes every morning where I feel like this morning. I literally felt like I think I have a cold. Uh-huh. But it, just, it was just the morning. And that always happens to me. During COVID, I thought I had COVID maybe 10 times. I'd wake yeah. up and be like, oh, this is it. I got it. I got COVID. 
but I just feel like crap in the morning. And then about an hour and a half goes away and I'm perfect. I'm fine. Yeah. It's just that. So I love the mornings. I just don't feel good in the mornings. Aw. So do you try to do things when you're not feeling well? Do you try to force yourself to jump into a routine or do you just take it easy until you're feeling good? I take it pretty easy. I mean, I'd say I wake up. What's the first thing I do? I wake up. I look at my phone because I have to check if any clients have texted. So they're my number one priority. So sometimes I have clients who will text me you know, late at night when I'm already sleeping. So I want to get to them the next morning or maybe they text me in the morning. So I go in there and I check if they've texted me. If they have, I respond to them. And then after that, I'll do a few more things on my phone. I kind of... This is not what most people do. Or it's not what most people recommend to do of look at your phone. But I like it because it actually wakes me up. So the light on the phone, like it wakes me up and it gets me going. I don't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. And I just drink water. So that helps me wake up. And then... So I'll look on my phone, check a few things. I check the different stats on different things. And my assistant has done some things. And so some work things. So that kind of slowly wakes me up, You know, go to the bathroom. And then most days I'll be working out. So then I don't even shower yet because I just want to shower after my workout. So then I just slowly get dressed and have a little bit of food, chug some water, and then I'm out the door and I go work out. And then on those other mornings, I'll shower and then get into some work and by the and then uh, you know, couple, I wake up at around eight. So I'm not waking up at like five or six. I wake up at eight. So in the late mornings, I'm just doing slow work and then in the afternoons, get into to everything. So I think maybe I work a little bit later, but I still go to bed at like like eleven ish and then try to wake up at around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yeah. No, that sounds like it works for so you. Like th- that's my ba- that's my very basic routine. Yeah, no, that's good. I think that's great. And I love that you said it sounds like your phone's not in your bedroom, right? No, it's in my bedroom. Oh, okay. So that's where I would bust you. Like, get okay, that I've heard this one. So bedroom. let's talk about that. Why, why is that? Well, it doesn't wake me up. It doesn't matter. Well, there's radio frequencies that are, you know, emitted. I would, that would be one. Right. Right. right? So, so that, what does that do? It'll give you a bad sleep? It's radiation. Yeah. You're, you're, it's radiation that's emitted. So, that's why they tell pregnant women, don't put your phone near your belly because it's emitting radiation. So if you have your phone by your head, you're just radiating your brain on that. How many, <laughs> how many, how many feet away? You're freaking me out. How many feet away from your bed should it be? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a professional. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to give any recommendations here, but I would definitely say don't put it in your bedroom because A, then there's... It's for that reason is the main reason for me. But then there's that temptation just to reach over, grab it and lay in bed. So I have several clients who struggled with that, who would lay in bed for like an hour after they woke up sitting on their phone and then you get distracted. All of a sudden you're down a rabbit hole then they're not even out of bed. So what I did with that client, because she wasn't willing to put it out of her room, I said, at least put it in the bathroom. So you have to get up, walk over to it. It's kind of like when you have an alarm that goes off and you keep hitting snooze, you just set the alarm across your bedroom so that you have to stand up, walk over and hit snooze or turn it off. Oh God. I mean, listen, I know that this is a better thing to do, but that just sounds terrible. Well, you know what? I would say just try it. That's what I tell everybody. Try it. For like a certain amount of time, and you can always go back to doing it. Okay, I'm gonna try it. I'll try it tonight. I'll try it tonight. I'm gonna just start with because it has to be in the room somewhere else. I don't know how I'm gonna wake up. I guess I could buy a little alarm. Buy an alarm. See, that's no excuse. Amazon. There's always something. 48 hours. Yeah. Okay, tonight I will plug it in. I will put it on my floor. Okay. 
in the bedroom well, where I will have to get up and go and click it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll start there. Okay. Um, all right. So where were we? We're, we're selling the guys on having the routine, compounding interest, compounding benefits in a sense where you do one small thing, it adds up over time, and it makes your life easier and better. I know before we started talking, I was going to tell you about the online dating app efficiency method that I have. I so wait. it's going to it's going to flow right into your routine or how to, you know, create a routine like this. So what I tell guys to do because are you have you been on dating apps before? Yes, I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you on them right now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which ones do you which ones do you want? Which ones do you like the most? Let's just say that. I like Hinge. So that was the only one I was on. Did you? Why why? <laughs> just it's it's big right now. Hinge okay. is hinge is big. I work with clients and they're just like loving hinge. And I'm just like, yeah, hinge is just where it's at right now. Yeah. Um before first it was Tinder. That was the hot thing. Then it was Bumble. That was a really hot thing. And then Hinge came. And it's like every like two years is like a new app that's just like huge. Okay, okay, so you're on Hinge. So here's what I I'll, I'll coach you through. This is what I this is what I, well. So when you're doing online dating, there's a lot of notifications that come up. There's a lot of, I mean, you could just be you know I don't know it's a little bit of an addiction, right? It's like you go to the bathroom, you swipe a little bit, and in between you take a break from your power hour. You check your phone, and you go, oh this person said this, or even if your notifications are off, there's Hinge. Let's just see if that guy I talked to last night like responded to me. So what I tell guys to do, and you can do this as, as well, is so just batch it, okay? So mm-hmm. batch it in the sense where just spend one time during the day. And I tell guys to do it for 30 minutes to an hour for maximum effectiveness in terms of getting the most results. So if you have a profile that's set up where your pictures look good and your bio is good, and then you do it for about 45 minutes to an hour. If you're really serious about online dating, maybe even an hour and a half a day. Mm-hmm. I know. That you, yeah, it's intense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends. If it's a big priority to you, some guys, right. I tell them to do that. It depends where you live too. It's like you might want to be increasing the volume. Point is, is you don't touch the app at all until that time during the day. So let's just say it's 5 o'clock. Let's say it's like what you do, you know, right before your transitioning transitioning period, you sit down, you open the apps up, Tinge, Bumble, Tinder, Match, whatever you're on, and then you just spend that one hour doing all the swiping and all the messaging and all of that. And then the second that hour is up, or however time, how much time you want to give it, maybe it's thirty minutes, you're done. You're done. You don't look at it, and you don't look at it all until the very next day. So that way you batch it and you make it you make it so it's it's not distracting you throughout the day. I love that. You had me at batching. The second you said batching, I was on board. Go. I was like, this go. is perfect. I'm totally gonna do that. No joke. But I'm not no, gonna do I, I'll do 45 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Okay. For you, probably I'll give you the homework of 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. I feel like for women, you won't have a problem with you don't need volume you're you're the for the women they need to, you need time to filter yeah because you don't need to to initiate messages because most men are just doing that with you right right that's why i like hinge because i don't have to do any work at all i had downloaded bumble and i realized you have to swipe them before they match 
is that terrible? So I was like, <laughs> that's so funny. That's just too much work. Now the swiping is too hard for people. Oh, oh it was too God, much. I was just work. like, I, but also where I'm at in my life, I'm not, I'm very happy where I'm at. So I'm not that invested in finding a relationship. I'm very happy if it falls in my lap, but if I don't, I don't want to go. You're passive right now. I'm passive. So that's probably part of it. So if somebody's more like, I want it now, I guess they would be different. But for me, I just rather see who liked me and then yes or no, yes or no. Okay. So you only need 20 minutes a day then. Yeah. Probably. So yeah. So your thing would be filtering just, okay, let's see which guys liked me. Do I like this person? You get to kind of see which ones you think would be a, someone you want to respond to versus yeah. the guys. Their, their way of filtering is the initial part where they are the ones who are like, okay, which one should I send the like to or comment on their photo or, or whatever it may be. So, okay. I guess it is kind of the same thing now that I'm talking it through. But for you, since it's a low priority, probably like 20 to, to 30 minutes. Do you ever get approached in person? Yeah, I do. How often does that happen? Kind of regularly, but not necessarily from the people I want to approach me. <laughs> okay. Okay. How often, How many times a week, if you had to say? I would say... Um, I mean, it depends if, if I'm going out or not. I work from home, so some days I don't leave my house. So yeah, if I'm out and about, it usually happens once or yeah, once okay. every Yeah. Okay. Did you go to... Before COVID, did you go to the bars a lot or just go out and socialize? And Yeah. No, I went through that whole phase of going out to the bars and I think I'm over it now. You're I didn't. It now? Yeah, I think I'm over it now. I think I'm too old for that. <laughs> I think I well, need to go to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> if you moved to Newport Beach, you would not be too old for that. Oh, really? <laughs> Newport Beach. Is that's that an old? Those, yeah. That's like Newport Beach is like housewives, like the housewives. Women. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like, okay. They're like still young at heart and they still go out. Yeah. No, I think I was ending up at college bars with all my. Okay, friends. well, that's yeah, that's that's a different so that's, story. that's the situation I'm describing. Got but, it, got it. Yeah, okay, I'm more of well, a nice evening dinner, a glass of wine kind of person. There you go, keep it classy, yeah. keep it yep. classy. Love it. Okay, so routine benefits when guys come to you and they need help, where else do you help them? So they come to you for organizing their home. And then where else do you dive in? You said that you like to help them with other things in terms of organizing their time. Or do we just cover that with the routine? Is there anything else that I'm missing here that you help guys with when you're trying to help them with this? Oh, yeah. So when we're doing time management, one of the biggest things that has been a huge hit with people and they say it's a game changer is note-taking. So essentially, I have them organize their entire lives into an app. I like Microsoft OneNote. Some people can use Evernote, but really there are... Let me pull up the categories here. So I have them organize everything as far as time, relationships, parenting, fun, travel, their home, health, self-care, money, and then spiritual growth and personal development. So those are the categories. So okay. under each of those categories, you know, under time, for example, we would have your daily routine. We would have your to-do list underneath your career. You would have just different things, career ideas, goals. So this is where you go. It's like your hub for everything. So if you're a parent, you'd go to your parenting tab. You would have your kids 
health insurance, you would have their student numbers. Um, under health, you would have, you know, this is these exercise routines. You would have, let's see what else we have under health. I do intermittent fasting. So I kind of have like a intermittent fasting tab there with anything with regard to that. Self-care, fun, restaurants would be under fun and creativity. So if there's a restaurant someone mentions and I'm like, oh, I want to go there and I'll forget about it. I put it on that tab. So this is truly for a lot of people because they're not used to keeping everything organized in one place with regard to their whole life. This is truly really, really helpful for them because they can go there. They have one place that they know that they can record, go back. If you have an idea or an inspiration, you can kind of go there and kind of check it. And that way you don't lose good ideas. So is this making sense? It's like one central location for everything. Yeah. You're going into the different areas of their life and we're organizing all these different areas. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of like, if you type into Google and if you type in life coaching wheel, you can see all these different categories that you're talking about. You gave a couple more, like parenting. Like you don't see that yeah. in the life coaching wheel. Oh, I guess, yeah. It's like a subcategory, I guess. That would be under family. But you yeah. made it a little bit more specific because that's a probably a big thing for men who, you know, who are hiring you for their services. What's the demo of age range of men and women who who work with you to help in these areas? I would say like 35 to like 55. Okay. Interesting. So no one from 20 to 35. Not... Well, I don't know if it has to do with the monetary cost or you know, they're just at that point, they think they know everything and they still don't realize that they need some help. So I think when they get to the age 35 and then beyond like 55, I think they're like... I had an old lady say, you know what? I'm too old for this. I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to drink my wine until I die. <laughs> so she doesn't want to change anything. So good for her. You know, she's happy with how she is. So I was like, power to you. So Sounds like it takes up to 35 to be like, okay, I've made a little bit of a mess. It's time to clean it up. Because it yeah. sounds like they're just cleaning up messes. Um, yeah. In a sense, then, well, yeah, of course they are. They wouldn't come to you if they had everything figured out or things were cleaned up. Well, I think that people don't even realize that organizing is a skill that you can learn. And they just feel like I'm either an organized person or I'm not an organized person. And they kind of have an identity as that. And they don't understand that like, it's just like learning a foreign language. If, if you couldn't speak Chinese, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, like you can't speak Chinese and like shame you. Whereas people would come to me and the first thing they would do is apologize. Like, oh my God, I'm such a mess. Like, I, I can't believe I'm not organized. I'm like, no, it's a skill. So I don't think people realize that this is not something you should inherently know. This is something that can be taught and they start to feel shame and guilt and like, you know, like there's something wrong with them. But once they realize this is something you can learn and it's just like any other skill that you would learn, it's almost liberating. It's, it's a freedom that they didn't realize they had that option to have yeah. their life better because anyone can learn it. Yeah. They have that shame around that. That's interesting. Yeah. I have guys that say the same thing to me a little bit in a different way is they do feel shame around the fact that they're not meeting women. They're not good with women. They're not good at dating. They don't know what to say to a woman. There is shame around that. And I have to say something similar to what you say. I have to say to them, this is a skill. The fact that you don't know how to do it shouldn't be something shameful. Even though they think that it's something that they should know because it's just something you don't learn. It's like, or, it's like organization. It's the same thing. It's like if you don't learn it in school, then you don't look at it as something to learn. Therefore, if you don't 
feel you're good at the thing, you just feel shame around it because you just assume it's something you should know. Yes, that's exactly it. And I can speak from my personal experience. I, as I mentioned, am divorced. So I was married for you know quite some time. And when I went into the dating world, I didn't know what I was doing. So to your guys, like it is a learning curve, especially now with online apps. And this was never existing when I was single, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So yeah. um, it's a learning curve. And like you said, it's something that you have to learn and you have get, get the experience. So I feel the same way. It took me a minute to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I work with with men who are, you know, over 35 as well. And they're divorced or they have kids and they're just like, yeah, I don't know what this dating thing is all about. So it, they're coming to me as if they're 22. They're like, yeah, I met, I met my wife or my ex-wife now when I was younger. So there was no dating. I don't know. I met her in college and we just got hitched and, and here we are. And so yeah. they're coming into the world brand spanking new in, you know, in, in the dating world, just like someone who's never dated before, who's younger. So... Yeah, there's there's a lot to learn there, and and guys who are listening in terms of of learning organization and daily routines and all that, there's no shame around it. You can always learn. You can always you can always get better. And well, I think we're just in the day and age now, right? It's like you can just learn anything you want. You can find a podcast on how to talk to girls. I mean, yeah. if, you, if, that, if that exists, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the world is your oyster. Whatever whatever you want to learn. Very cool. Heather, this was so much fun talking to you. As you can see, I'm also very passionate about productivity and efficiency. And I'm always trying to, to make my daily routine as best as possible. So it was fun having this conversation and, and hearing about your routine. And through that, just kind of learning of, of what people can do. What tips before we sign off here do you have for guys out there who are trying to figure out how to maximize time or get into a daily routine? Any kind of quick things or quick mindsets that you can tell the guys listening? I don't... Do you want me to explain the power hour? Because that to me is one of the best productivity tips. I don't know if I went into that enough. But... Yeah. Let's, let's zoom into the power hour. Let's do that. Okay. And then just in case, tell us again what the power hour is and, and we'll go into it. So we'll start with this. All right. Basically, what most people do is they're distracted all the time. So they're basically not being productive. So they could work for an hour and get 20 minutes worth of work because they've stopped and they've looked at their phone or they've done anything, the phone rings, whatever it is. So the power hour is created to eliminate those distractions. So the very first thing you're going to do is you're going to plan your power hour. You're going to decide what you want to do during those 60 minutes. And it's really important that you determine the result that you want to get out of it. So it's not just going to be consuming. You want to actually have something produced at the end of the time. So it could be like, for example, I said, I'm working on my program. So my result would be, I'm going to complete one module by the end of this hour. So it's a concrete result that you're going to create. Or you could say, I've got this list of 10 things that are five to 10 minutes each I've been procrastinating on. I'm going to batch them together and get those done in this hour. So you determine what it is. The next thing you're going to do is get a 60-minute timer. Hopefully not on your phone because you want to put your phone away. So just a cheap little 60-minute timer from Amazon or whatever it is. So you basically eliminated your distractions. You've decided what you're going to do. You hit go on the timer and you focus. You do not check your phone. And a lot of people notice how much they have that urge. And they didn't realize how many times they go to check their phone. It's almost like this impulse, their thumb goes to swipe. And then you're cognizant like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how many times I just 
unconsciously reach for my phone. So it's very much creating an awareness of how much we're distracted. So when you notice that urge, I tell them, just notice it, let it go, refocus on your task. So you just focus until that timer goes off. And the key is, you know, you have a limited amount of time. And what you said earlier with the dating apps, where when that timer time is done, you stop. That's the key too, because if you're doing something that you don't enjoy doing, you know, there's an end to it. So it's almost more motivating. So, you know, okay, I'm not going to be doing this for the next three hours. I have a limited amount of time. So you focus. The other thing that it does, it creates more of an awareness of how long things actually take. Cause a lot of times we will put something off for six months because we don't want to do it. When you do this power hour and you start to do it, I've had so many clients come to me and say, oh my God, it only took me 30 minutes. I can't believe I've been putting this off because they in their mind thought this is a three hour chore. And when you are forced to do something like this, it gives you an awareness of the time and it almost makes you get into the flow. I can't tell you how many times I've done a power hour, timer goes off. I take my break because you're never supposed to continue. I take like five, 10 minute break. Then I hop back in again because I'm in that flow that I don't want to lose. So this is a really, really great way to increase your productivity, remove distractions, and just get shit done. I like it. I like it. I'm going to add one thing to that to zoom out a little bit. I've done these and I do these, these power hours. You know, sometimes I do less, sometimes I'll do like 20 minutes or 25 minutes and take breaks and do that. The point is, is that these might not be easy to do. So I encourage guys as a person who's gone through this. You got to think of it like you said, Heather, it's like a skill, right? So at first, it's going to be hard to do to not look at your phone, to not grab it, you know, to be totally focused on one thing and not think about other things. You're really changing how your brain works because you might not have done it this way for a long time. But the more and more you do it, it's going to become easier and easier and easier. So it is this muscle in a sense that I tell guys. It is a... Well, I don't talk about this, but other things that are like skills like this. It's a muscle that has to be built. So the more and more you do it, it does become easier. So don't get discouraged if it's not so easy to do a power hour right away. That's just my thought. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Cool. Heather, where can guys find you if they feel they need to work with you and get some of their life organized? So you can contact me via my website. That is thepeoplecoach.com, www.thepeoplecoach.com. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm at Heather, the people coach, and I have a download right now that is called the seven day organizing challenge, um, which I can give you the link to if they want to download the challenge to kind of kickstart their organization journey. Cool. Yeah. We'll get that link. We'll put it in the show notes. So guys can check that out. This was awesome. Thank you so much for being here and doing this. Guys, check out Heather if you want to get these different parts of your life handled and organized. Any last words? No, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again. We'll put that in the show notes and we'll talk to you next time. All right.